Welcome to the Choosing You podcast with Tanya Ray. In this podcast, Tanya focuses on the areas of healing, restoration, and women empowerment. She does this by using interviews and topical discussions to help women to discover their true identity, value, and full potential. Tanya has made the journey of having to choose herself in her own life of overcoming various types of abuse, which has led her to start a life coach business to help women do the same. So here's your host, Tanya Ray. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me here on Choosing the Choosing You Moments podcast today. Hope to find you well. Hope that you had a blessed, wonderful weekend uh, and that you enjoyed your weekend to the fullest. I hope that you are ready to start this week all full of energy, um, motivated, inspired to go forth and take on any challenge that you have to face on this week and knowing that God is with you. So I wanted to come on this morning um, with our topic about the spirit of infirmity. We're going to talk about the spirit of infirmity, and we're going to discuss about healing the emotionally damaged. We're going to talk about healing the emotionally damaged. So I want to go ahead and start my scripture on today from Luke 13, verses 11 and 13, which says, Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. So what is, a, what is an infirmity? It is a physical weakness or ailment. It's when a person is not mentally or, or physically strong. It is a lack of strength or a moral weakness and failure. So in Luke 13, it says that this woman had a spirit of infirmity or a disabling spirit or sickness caused by a spirit, or it could have been a crippled spirit. In the New International Version, it says she had been crippled by a spirit. So I wanted to point this out that it was something that was brought on by Satan, by divine permission. When I talk about divine permission, if you look back into the uh, book of Job in chapters one and two, you will see where God wanted to test Job's faith. So when Satan was running around seeking whom he may devour, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him. He is an upright man, God said to Satan, one who fears the Lord and runs from evil. He holds fast to his integrity. Although although Satan tried to turn him against God, God gave Satan permission to attack Job after he told God, and then Satan began to tell God, stretch forth your hand and touch his bones and his flesh. Satan told God that Job would curse him to his face. He was trying to tell God that Job was not as faithful to him as he thought he was. You know, God knew what he had put inside of Job. He knew that Job was a faithful man to him, but God sometimes wants to test our faith to make sure that we're still trusting and believing in him. And that we're our faith is, is, is continuing to be within him. So God allowed Satan 
to attack Job, just to see what Job's faith was. You know, to continue to see what Job's faith was. God told him, he is in your hand. You can touch his body, but you better not touch his life. You better not take his life. So Satan only has permission to a limit to, to come against you. Because if he wants to take it any further, he has to come back and get permission from God to go any further with attacking you in your life. But God has given him permission because he wants to test your faith. You know, because a, a lot of times we don't realize that we have to continue to grow in faith in God. Continue, you know, our faith has to be deepened within him. So I wanted to point that God has given same permission to come against you because he wants to test your faith. We will, you know, we will stop believing and trusting in him because of what we are going through or has gone through in our lives. You know, we will give up on God. He has, you know, God has the power to heal anything that Satan has tried to put on us. And we must understand that God permissive will, you know, we must understand his permissive will for us. He chooses how he desires to heal us, whether he, de he, what he desires to heal us or whether he does not desire to heal us. But he has his way of how he wants and chooses to heal. So as we get back to our topic about the spirit of infirmity, um, when it talks about moral weakness, moral weakness is when a person knows what is good, but what but does what is wrong. It's like going against what you truly believe and choosing to give in and do what you know is wrong. So it's also when a person is weak in character. They are, they, you know, they become character flawed, right? Where you, you know, you're not really knowing who you are. You know, you become character flawed and you begin to accept any and everything, right? So as we talk about failing, failing is another word for being weak in character. It is when you feel like a loser not successful, feelings of, of a failure. You know, you feel like you haven't achieved anything in life. So this is, this, this is another sign of being weak in character. And, and when you're not knowing who you are and not knowing how God has truly designed you and the things that he has desired for you to do. So in this story, it tells us that Jesus healed this woman and she was immediately made straight. She was set free from something that kept her bound for 18 long years. Can you imagine being bound in something for 18 long years? She, you know, what is it that has been keeping you bound for several years or for a long period of time? And you kept and, and it kept you from doing uh, the things, you know, it kept you from doing things for yourself, unable to move forward. See, this is where you know. This is, you know, we allow things to, you know, happen in our lives and it causes us to become immovable. Where we start, you know, we don't feel like doing any things for ourselves no more. We start believing in ourselves. We, we stop trusting in people. You know, it's so much that takes place in our life that causes us to end up in positions just like this woman in Luke 13. Where this woman, um, because of the things that she has gone through in her life, you know, it caused her to be bent over, that she would begin being bowed over and she was unable to lift herself up anymore. You know what I'm saying? She, I can imagine not being able to encourage herself, not desiring to do the things that she used to desire to do because of all of the things that she experienced in her life. 
that caused her to be bent over in the spirit, right? Because the word specifically tells us that it was a spirit of infirmity. It was something that was brought on by Satan. It was, it came from an evil spirit, amen? So just imagine some of the evil that you have experienced in your life and how it has affected you. And this woman has been uh, walking around dealing with this inside of her for 18 long years. And it caused her to be in a position of being bent over. Can you imagine walking around being bent over for 18 years and not able to even look up? All you can do is walk around looking down toward, you know, down toward the ground. Can you imagine a person that's sad and depressed, unable to lift themselves up, unable to bring they set out, uh, they bring themselves out of a, a depression state? Can you imagine what that looks like, what that person looked like? So imagine this woman, you know, being bowed over, you know, becoming permanent in that permanent position, walking around for 18 long years. And I can tell you that there is some people, and I can say within myself, you know, I experienced with dealing with something for so many years and didn't know how to bring myself out of but it took the power of God to de deliver me from those situations and begin to heal me in the areas that I needed to be healed in. Amen? So this woman had been for many years under the power of an evil spirit and had been made ill. Allow me to point this out about this woman. The scripture says that Jesus was in the synagogue teaching and this woman came in. It doesn't say that she went, she went up to Jesus and asked him to heal her. It says he saw her. Understand that. It says Jesus saw her. He saw her, he saw her crippled spirit, right? He saw that this woman was bent over in the spirit and he called her to him. She didn't go up to him, he called her to himself. And he, and he healed her. He began to speak to this woman. I believe he spoke to her spirit. He told her, he said, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmities. So remember that the scripture said that she had a spirit of infirmity. So I believe that he spoke to the spirit that was in her to set her free from what was keeping her bound. It was something that was in her inside of her that was keeping her bound amen so he spoke healing to her spirit then he touched her and she was neatly made straight and glorified god this woman went through a spiritual healing and a physical healing the spiritual healing is when he spoke to her spirit and then when he laid hands on her he physically healed her where her body was made straight again. She was able to stand up straight and lift up her head again because of all what God has done for her in her life. You know what I'm saying? How he, he spoke healing to her, but she was able to stand up straight again and lift up her head from when she was walking around bowed over and unable to do it. God healed her. So we must understand that when Jesus saw her, when Jesus saw her need, his heart was moved with compassion and he did whatever he could do in his power to help her. Even when others had a problem with him healing her, Jesus, Jesus rebuked 
those who are trying to stop. You know, you got to understand that Jesus will rebuke those who will stop and try to block you from being healed. I'm going to say that again. When, when Jesus is ready to heal you and bring you out of a situation and you have those around you that's trying to block what he's trying to do in your life and he, they trying to block you, they don't want to see you to be healed, Jesus will rebuke them. So when Jesus healed her, she was set free. She was released from painful situations. You must believe that Jesus has set you free from all of it. When Jesus comes, and he speak healing into your life, and he lay hands on you and cause you to be healed, you have to believe that you have been set free from all the pain and suffering that you've gone through for whatever situation that you have gone through in your life. Amen? You have, you have been set free. First thing that I want you all to know is that Jesus knows what you have been going through. He knows what you need. He knows of the things that have hurt you. He knows and sees all that has happened to you. So in this story, I believe this woman had been emotionally damaged that caused her to be bowed over in her spirit to a point it became so bad that she couldn't even lift herself up anymore. Her condition became permanent. But when Jesus saw her, he spoke to her, then touched her, and she was healed from what kept her bound in her spirit for 18 long years. And I can say to you today, and I encourage you to know this, that Jesus, if you are in a situation just like this woman, Jesus is ready to do the same for you. He's ready to heal you. He's ready to bring you out. Amen. Psalms 34 and 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 and 30 says that Jesus says, come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourself. See, a yoke is designed to carry a burden. What it does is balance it and makes it easy to carry and manage. When Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, that means that he said, come on, connect with me, learn about me. And he said, and once you learn about me, I will give you rest for yourself when you will humbly decide to follow after me and, and, and choose to do my will. I will give you rest for yourself. I will make the burdens that you carry. I will lessen those burdens. I will take it upon myself and help you carry those burdens. So what does Jesus mean when he said, take my yoke upon you? It says, it means when you come to him and you begin to learn about him and you choose to humbly do, do his will for your life, he will guide and direct your life. He will help you carry the burdens that you have been carrying and will help lighten the load when you, when, when you can rest in him, trust in him to see you through all that you are going through, but you must first bring it to him. You must bring those burdens to him. Bring, bring everything that you carry that's weighing you down, bring it to him. 
bring those painful experiences to him. Whatever happened to you, bring it to him. Tell him all about the things that are hurting you, the things that are ailing you. You know, bring, if, you're, if you have a broken heart, bring it to him because he's the mender of broken hearts. If your mind needs to be renewed, turn your, that mind over to him and allow him to restore you. Allow him to renew your mind. As I said, I feel as the woman experienced, uh, you know, at this point when Jesus spoke to this woman and then when he began to touch her, I believe at that very moment, that woman was experiencing emotional healing. Emotional healing is when you can acknowledge the events and circumstances in your life that you have that have been hindering you from moving forward. It is a process that allows you to take back control of your thoughts and your feelings. Amen. So I believe at this moment, this woman had lost a sense of herself, you know, because of all what she has been going through. So the beginning of the healing process, you know, I want you to understand that the beginning of the healing process takes time. You know what I'm saying? All healing doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it's a process, but you have to continue to go through the process. You can't give up because sometimes in, in our healing process, sometimes it feels like we take two steps forward, and then sometimes it'll take, it, it feels like we take two steps backwards and end up at square one. But you got to continue to be encouraged through the process and not give up. But you must stay strong through the process. Because I promise to tell you that you will feel as, you know, you will feel at your absolute best. And then there is going to be times when you feel you, like I said, when you feel like you have taken two steps back and you feel, you know, you feel that your back is where one. But you got to continue to be encouraged knowing that God is going to see you through it. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the process and keep going. You got to be strong through the process. You can't give up when, when it seems hard because the, the healing process is going to seem hard because there's going to be some things that are going to come up that God is going to address within you. But you got to be willing to accept what he's going to do and what he's going to say to you, what he's going to reveal. You got to be accepting of it in order to, to receive your healing. So when you are going through emotional healing, it can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to say that again. When you are going through the healing emotion, it can be hard for you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But you must keep trusting God that he is leading and guiding you through it all. So he is going to see, you know, the Bible tells us that, that he that begins a good work in us, that he's going to see it to completion. So he's going to see your healing process to completion, where he's going to be, make you, um, you're going to be healed and made whole. You got to know that, that through this process that you're going to come out healed and made whole. As my shirt says here, you was broken to be healed. But in order to be emotionally healed, you must be willing to be healed. You have to be willing to be healed. So my next thing is you have to let go of the past. Letting go of the past can be hard because of the emotional pain that's attached to it. But you have to let go. In John 5 and 19, it talks about a man that had an infirmity for 38 years. Jesus asked the man, will thou be made whole? The man began making excuses saying, I have no one 
to help me when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. Jesus told him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. See, a lot of times we don't realize that the help, our help is right in front of us. You know what I'm saying? And we, you know, instead of recognizing the help that's right in front of us, we start making excuses of why we can't be healed or we start bringing up the situation of what happened and keep refocusing on what happened and, and you know, to why we, you know, why we can't be healed because we're not willing to let go. We're still holding on to it. And the more you hold on to it, the more worse it's going to get. So if you want to walk in your healing and you want to receive the healing power of God, you got to dump it all. You got to let it go, release it, and stop looking back at it. Amen. So one thing I understand is that sometimes we can be blind to the help that is right in front of us. And we don't, we do not recognize um, like this man, like this man did. He didn't recognize Jesus was standing right. He didn't recognize who Jesus was. He didn't recognize that his help was right in front of him. When Jesus asked him, will thou be made whole? He said, I can't because I have nobody to help me. Your help is right there in front of you. Jesus is your help. You don't need nobody to help you to be healed. I remember when I was going through a season and I was and I was hurt and felt broken inside and I was running to different people trying to talk to them, thinking that they was going to, you know, help me through my healing process and to only be told you need to be healed. But when, you know, as the pandemic came in and God just began to do a new thing in me, I realized he was the only help that I needed to help me through the process. Amen. And when I turned to him and allowed him to help me, then he began to send people to come along and encourage me through the process to help me to walk in my healing. So when God sends us help, we must recognize it and the person he sends to help us. Amen. So I want to talk about how to heal your damaged emotions. The second thing is, because the first one is, the first one was, is to, um, I said the first one was to, uh, I wanted you to know that, you know, is recognizing that Jesus was going to help us through it, through it all. So you got to know that Jesus is going to help you through it all. And the second thing I, is that I want you to recognize, you have to begin to recognize what repairs you need to heal these damaged emotions. You have to recognize the, the repairs that needs to be done in order for you to be healed from these damaged emotions. Because one thing is, you know, we have to face the problems. So that facing the problems is our third thing. We have to face the problems with ruthless, ruthless honesty. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to accept the truth. However, you know, however deep the terrible feeling is within you and whatever it is, whether a dreadful childhood memory, a violent or violating experience, or whether it was something else, acknowledge them to God, and you, you have to acknowledge this to God and yourself. If necessary, talk about it with uh, uh, at least one other trustworthy person. Amen? You have to, I mean, once you acknowledge it with God and yourself, then you can begin to talk about it with a trustworthy person. In my experience, I remember I was talking to the wrong people because when I began to share the things that I was going 
gone that had gone through in my life, people had began to throw it back in my face and they had began to use it against me. Amen. That caused even more damage within me. You know what I'm saying? Because these were people that I thought that I could look up to that threw these very things back into my face. So you have to know who you're talking to. Make sure that you can trust the people that make sure that when you spill what's going on inside of you, that it's not going to be told to somewhere else. It's not going to be poured into the ears of others, but the person is going to cover you and help you go through your healing process. Amen. The many causes for our damage emotions have long been pushed totally out of our awareness and kept us from recon, you know, recognizing. Amen. If you decide to open up your wounds to another person, you uh, you allow them to become the instrument of God's grace. So one other type of being emotionally crippled is fear. This is when you have you know when you have overwhelming fear of failure. You know what I'm saying? This is when you don't you know when you have failed at something, you become overwhelmed by it and you don't want to try doing anything else. Because you you have that fear that it's not going to work. Why try again? Because I'm only going to fail. That's a crippling spirit too. Fear can cause you to become immobile, where you are unable to move, but you're not moving. You don't. You're not doing anything anymore. Amen. So the next is um, uh, area is our damaged personalities. When it comes to you know. When I talk about damaged personality, when it comes to sexual damage, there are great ranges of emotional damage in the sexual areas. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a lot of men and women that have been sexually abused. You know what I'm saying? And it, be, and it began to do, destroy something within their personalities. What can be said about the damaged areas in our personalities and emotions? That that is, you know, one thing we had to learn is that we cannot allow ourselves to be controlled by our feelings and emotions. We have to learn how to control them and not allow them to control us. Because of too many times we are driven by our feelings and emotions and we begin to act out in certain ways. So that's why we have to take self-control over and we must control them and not them control us. You were broken but you can be healed. I'm gonna say that again. You were broken, but you can be healed. So in my closing, I tell you, trust God, lean on him, trust in him and in his word. You have to know that he is ready and capable of healing you. So I hope that you was blessed by this word today. I hope that this word encourage, encourage you I hope that it inspire you to trust in God, trust in his healing power and, and help you feel more encouraged in knowing that he can heal the wounds, the open, the continued wounds that continue to be open and have not truly been healed yet. And that God is able, that he is there for you. He's there for you. All you got to do is come bring those problems to him. Bring that pain to him. Bring those situations and circumstances to him and allow him to heal. 
Allow him to help you carry those burdens that you've been carrying. Amen. So God bless. I hope that you continue to enjoy this day to the fullest. And I'll see you again next week on the Choosing You podcast. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon.